0: Finally, on the investor side, this is where I am focusing most of my time. This could be real estate investors, business investors, a number of different types of investors. But the important thing here and the key and why you really want to focus on trying to get to this spot is that your income is now scalable. It is not based off of the amount of time that you have in a day. Your money is now able to work for you while you're working for yourself as well. And this allows you to start scaling. Welcome to School of Success, the podcast that will help you reach your goals and become the success story you've always dreamed of. Join us on our journey as we explore the strategies, tools, and tactics needed to build health, wealth, and personal development. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to living life to its fullest with host Brandon Hicks. So let's get started and make your dreams come true. Welcome back to another episode of School of Success. Today, I want to touch on the book Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. If you aren't, I would check that one out first. That's actually the book that got me started on my real estate journey and transitioning from the corporate world working as an employee to a real estate investor and actually that's what this book talks a lot about cash flow quadrant that is so let's just dive right into the book and what it's about and how it can help you so cash flow quadrant talks about four different types of people when it comes to money. There's employees, there's the self-employed business owners or big business owners, and then investors. You'll see the quadrant broken out into an E, an S, a B, and an I. Again, that is employee for the E, self-employed, of course, is the S, business owner or big business owner is B, and investor is I. And on the left side of the quadrant is the employees and the self-employed. And the goal for many of us is to get to the right side of the chart, which is the business owner and the investor. Really, this highlights the importance of financial education and understanding the difference between assets and liabilities. So what is an employee? I think that's what many of us are familiar with. You are trading your time for money. Whether you're getting paid hourly or a salary, you're expected to work a certain number of hours. And when you work those hours, you get paid, which is trading your time for money. This is where many of us start. This is where a lot of people spend their entire working Life is in the employee side few challenges with being an employee is that your income is really not scalable because you are trading your time for money. We all have the same time in the day. And if you are making, let's say 50 bucks an hour, there's only so many hours in the day that you can work. If you're sleeping eight hours a day, the most you could work if you were to work all other hours is 16 hours. And that would be your cap seven days a week. And it's really not going to be sustainable to do that anyways. But that's the challenge that you'll find within the employee space is that you are really trading your time for money and it's just not scalable. Another challenge is that employees are taxed quite high. I am not a CPA, so I am not gonna be able to go into all of those details, but we all know that you're generally taxed in the 30 to 40% depending on the amount of money that you make. So your tax liability is quite high. And as an employee, there is not very much you can do to mitigate that liability like you can if you are a business owner or an investor, which we'll get into in a minute. The S is for self-employed. That is the small business owner. Maybe it's a solopreneur, maybe it's a couple person business, but self-employed is someone who's really kind of gone out of being an employee, but is still really an employee of their business. You see this a lot in restaurants or small small mom and pop businesses or organizations. It's where the business owner is working in the business. They're so focused on the day to day and making ends meet that they are working very much in the business and not on the business. And so you kind of graduate from this employee where you are working for somebody else to now being the business owner, but you have not gotten the systems and the processes in place to really start working on the business and scaling up the business. And so you are still stuck on that left side of the quadrant. Another challenge with self-employed very similar to regular employees, although self-employed can actually have even higher tax rate, I've heard even up to 60% is that your tax liability is high. And again, you don't have many options for mitigating your tax liability like you do as a big business owner or an investor because of the way that the tax code is written and the incentives that they provide for people like investors or business owners. Next, we have big business owner. These are big businesses, like the ones that you'd see publicly traded with a lot of employees. Now, there's a big motivation to get to this stage if you want to be a business owner, because as you employ more people, your tax incentives and the deductions that you can leverage becomes greater. You know, the government can't employ everybody within the country. They need private businesses, public businesses to start so that they can then employ people as those businesses create Revenue, they then need to hire people to scale, and the revenue can then pay the salaries and the insurance and all of the benefits that you get with being an employee. And that's a real benefit to the government because the government can't possibly or doesn't necessarily want to be employing everybody in the country. And so they really want to lean on other business owners to provide that. And that's why there are tax incentives or deductions that a lot of big business owners can leverage because they're providing a service that the government can really benefit from, which is providing jobs for many people. And then within businesses as well, now you've got a lot more leverage. You've got more people working for you. You've got more money. And so now you're able to scale. And again, that's one of the big key differences between the left side and the right side of the chart here on the left side where you've got employees and self-employed, you're really not able to scale your income very much. And so you're really stuck trading your time for money, which is just not scalable. But as you get into the big business side, you've got employees working for you. You might have investors investing in your business. So you've got capital that allows you to scale. You've got employees that allow you to scale. And so now you're able to scale your revenue, provide more jobs. And by providing more jobs, you're able to get more tax incentives and deductions, which allows you to keep more money in your pocket and give less of it away to taxes. And then finally, on the investor side, this is where I am focusing most of my time. This could be real estate investors, business investors, a number of different types of investors. But the important thing here and the key and why you really want to focus on trying to get to this spot is that your income is now scalable. It is not based off of the amount of time that you have in a day, your money is now able to work for you while you're working for yourself as well. And this allows you to start scaling. Investors are focusing on buying assets versus liabilities. An asset would be a multifamily apartment building, a self-storage facility. It could be a business. It's something that is generating revenue. It's covering its expenses. It's covering the debt service, and it is putting money in your pocket while you sleep. Perfect example is self-storage. I spend some time upfront, 20 hours, 50 hours, 100 hours, whatever it is, to find a self-storage facility. Get it under contract, raise some money, purchase the facility, and fix it up. Once it's fixed, up, it will require a lot less time ongoing. So I've done a lot of the work up front, but then I can own that facility for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. But I did all that work up front and then it's very little maintenance work, relatively speaking, ongoing. But it's going to continue to produce cash flow and pay me again a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, while I'm sleeping, whether I choose to take a vacation or not, it is still going to be paying me. And so now I've separated my time from my income and that's where I'm able to now start scaling because I can buy an unlimited number of facilities. It's not just one. I could buy one this year. I could maybe buy two next year, maybe five the next year. and I can scale that again by separating my time from my income producing. And then similar to big business, there's a lot of tax incentives and deductions that come from being an investor. A great way to think about this is, again, the government does not want to control. They're not in the business of operating commercial real estate buildings or self-storage facilities or single-family homes, that's not the government's primary focus. So they need other investors to find facilities that need to be fixed up, fix them up, and run them well, and maintain them. You think about all the facilities across the entire country, whether it's office or apartments or self-storage or single-family homes, hundreds of millions of buildings across the country. This is not something that the government could reasonably control on their own. And so they really need the help of investors like me and like you to come in and identify properties that need to be fixed up, put the time, the effort to be educated, raise the money, fix the property, and do all of that. And so that is why the tax code is written in such a way to incentivize investors doing this. And because of that, that's where you get deductions and write-offs that allow investors to do this at scale and to do it more frequently because less of the money is going back into taxes and it's allowing them to invest it into new facilities. Again, find those new facilities, fix them up and operate them well. So I would definitely recommend checking out Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Goes into great detail, breaking down the limitations and the benefits of each of the categories again that's employee, self-employed, big business owner and investor. And as you start to learn the difference between assets and liabilities and the tax benefits of each of those quadrants, you can start to figure out for yourself where you are today and start putting a plan together for how you can get from that left side of the quadrant to the right side. Hey, I appreciate you listening to another episode of School of Success. I'm committed to helping others reach their full potential. So if you found value, please leave a five-star rating and review. With that, we can reach more people and help make their dreams come true.